From WIS Politics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Morton with WISPolitics.com here with a Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm here with my colleague Adam Kelnhofer to talk about a conversation he had with State Dem Party Chair Ben Wickler. So, Adam, what did you guys talk about? Hi, Kate. Yeah, so Chair Wickler and I got to primarily talk about this Republican push to impeach liberal Supreme Court Justice Janet Protasiewicz. It's important to note Republicans have not officially gone through with this impeachment yet. Um, And there is also an impeachment inquiry request from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in Congress. These are two unrelated issues, but they seem to be happening around the same time, and that might confuse people, so I just want to make sure that's clear. But let's just get right into this interview because I give a little bit of background in there. So uh, welcome to the show. Today I am joined by uh, Democratic Party of Wisconsin Chair Ben Wickler to talk about some current events happening in the political landscape in Wisconsin. And I wanted to first touch on this whole Republican push to impeach liberal Supreme Court Justice Janet Protosiewicz over uh, some comments she made along the campaign trail about our legislative maps. So um, just a little bit of background here, I guess the Republicans are pushing to impeach her. They're arguing that um, you know, she should recuse herself from certain cases. And uh, now they're kind of moving to this impeachment level. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, Democrats are kind of um, trying to prevent that. So, um, Chair Wickler, why don't you talk about your effort to uh, make sure that Janet Protosiewicz stays on that court? Absolutely. Thanks, Adam, for having me on. Uh, and hello, uh, West Politics listeners. This is a wild unprecedented moment, not just in Wisconsin, but in the whole country. Uh, Nowhere has a state legislature impeached a Supreme Court justice to stop them from making a ruling that they didn't like. The Constitution is very clear. You have to have corrupt conduct in office or crimes or misdemeanors to impeach someone. What Robin Voss is proposing is to impeach someone because he wants to retain his locked-in, gerrymandered maps and also frankly the 1849 abortion ban and the you know the 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 all the things Republicans don't want the the state the the state Supreme Court to rule on and the idea of using impeachment as a political weapon flies in the face of how our democracy is supposed to work it's a it's a kind of a threat to nullify the votes of more than a million Wisconsin voters in order to overturn a decision that they made that the the legislature, uh, arrogating the power to itself to effectively end the judiciary as a co-equal branch of government. If the legislature thinks at, at every turn that it can just impeach someone to stop them from making a ruling it doesn't like, then it undermines the whole idea of how you know, democracy works with uh, with a judiciary that's independent and a state legislature and an executive branch. So to me, this is a profound threat to our constitutional order and and especially a, a slap in the face to the, the million voters who looked at the two options and chose Janet Protosiewicz by an 11-point margin this April. Yeah, um, I was kind of curious about that. Do you think if if uh, Republicans do end up actually going through this impeachment, do you think that kind of opens up like a Pandora's box sort of for uh, you know other impeachment inquiries? There's no question. If the legislature 
impeaches a justice, which in Wisconsin means the justice is suspended. It can't work on any case until there's an acquittal in the Senate. And there's no clarity from the Senate that they would move to actually hold the trial at any particular point. And you get the sense, you know, listening to Republicans in the Senate, that they want to stay away from this as far as possible. If the assembly discovers that it has that power and believes it can get away with that kind of uh, that kind of unconstitutional behavior without consequence, think about the pressure that will come from the the far MAGA wing of the state assembly anytime the Supreme Court considers something that it doesn't like. And to give one very vivid example, imagine if uh, we run into Trump versus Biden 2.0 and Trump is suing to overturn the presidential election. We saw the huge numbers of assembly Republicans who were trying to you know, get the electoral college votes thrown out and uh, writing to Mike Pence to, to get him to ignore the, 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 the fair and, and accurate you know, count of, of votes in the electoral college. Those same folks could just impeach Supreme Court justices until they have the decision that they want. And the pressure, frankly, uh, would happen across the country. So if Wisconsin broke the lid on this, if it kind of broke the seal on destroying judicial independence, we could see politically motivated impeachments all over the place. And I don't think that's something that either side wants to live in. Uh, the, the the kind of basic idea that the judiciary is independent and it has to you know follow a clear set of rules and the Supreme Court has set its own recusal rules, which say that it's the sole responsibility of justices to decide when they want to recuse, um, that they're a co-equal and independent branch of government. That is really one of the sacred basic facts about how government is supposed to work. And if that gets blown to smithereens, the, the chaos that could result from that uh, could, I think, would engulf uh, the, the the legislature and you know, both parties. There would also be massive political blowback, which, uh, you know, it might hurt Republicans in elections, but I think it's bad for our civic democracy to have a world where elections are being overturned and then the voters you know, are, are going out to, to to punish the people who tried to take away their uh, their votes. I, I would much rather have the election be about these, you know, the actual policy questions that legislators are supposed to be weighing in on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it would definitely be interesting to see kind of what the aftermath is after an impeachment. If if they are to go through this, so there there is already the the four million dollar Democratic effort to um, to push back against any Republicans who are actually trying to go through with impeachment. Is there any chance of, of some sort of legal action, though, like actual courtroom action um, against any of these Republican lawmakers? It's hard to imagine a, a world where a an unconstitutional impeachment doesn't wind up in court. Uh, you know, I think the and I. My guess is that the Republicans who are thinking clearly about this are weighing how much benefit do they actually get if they if they violate the constitutional, uh, you know, very clear language about what constitutes grounds for impeachment. If they uh, override the recusal standards that the Supreme Court has set and the U.S. Supreme Court decision written by Scalia that says that uh, candidates, judicial candidate speech is protected speech on the campaign trail if they're just talking about issues. Um, that is, uh, that was a uh, Republican Party of Minnesota versus White, uh, the decision about whether you could require justices to recuse themselves from cases in which they uh, had talked about the issue, not making a, a specific commitment on a specific case, but talked about the issue on the campaign trail. That is constitutionally protected speech. So the idea that you know Republicans would uh, pass a vote and then effectively sideline a Supreme Court justice indefinitely without <laughs> having to... Uh, you know, to deal with not only political, but also legal repercussions. I, I don't, I think that's farcical. Um, 
So on the one hand, the whole thing might blow up in their face and not work. And then on the other hand, it's already blowing up in their face politically. And I, I take no pleasure in saying it, but the public is furious about this. And you know, our goal at the Democratic Party, and I think a lot of other organizations, want to make sure that the public actually knows what the GOP is proposing uh, before they do it. If they do it, it'll be on the front page of every newspaper and uh, be a gigantic national story that no one can escape until it's over, which could take a while. And every day that that happens, the Republican Party completely loses its message about everything else. I know that the GOP is trying to fundraise for their national convention next summer. Uh, if they would like to instead be trying to fundraise to defend an indefensible impeachment during this period and, and abandon the national convention, then you know that's an interesting strategic choice. I, I, it is mystifying at a political level that that they they think waving the impeachment gun around uh, is is good politics for them. And Robin Voss just re-upped it again this morning and announced that he's going to appoint a secret panel of former Supreme Court justices to you know consider the constitutional arguments. That is not how this this kind of thing works. Okay, so we have seen actually some Republicans voice uh, their concerns with this impeachment inquiry um, from Robin Voss, at, notably Rachel Kaparaga Guevara and uh, Amy Binsfeld. Have you have you worked with any of those Republican lawmakers um, to try and push back against this impeachment effort? I, I've. I... You, know, you can you can see on Twitter people have been posting, or I guess X now, or on Reddit, people have been posting what they hear from their legislators when they call on the legislative offices. And uh, we also have a very uh, public opposition now, I think from two different assembly representatives who've, who've come out and said that they would oppose impeachment. Um, at the Democratic Party, our focus has been talking to voters. We're not going out and, you know, I'm, I'm not calling through Republican state legislators. I'm not sure they'd take my call. Uh, but I think it's critical that the public weigh in. And for you know, for anyone who has a Republican state legislator, you are owed an answer by your legislator about whether they think they can brush the Constitution aside and nullify the last election in order to get their way from a judiciary that they want to control. Um, that's, I think, a pretty basic thing that, that legislators should be obliged to answer their constituents about. And I, I have a high level of confidence that uh, the public will keep on asking that question and demanding answers for it as long as Republicans are, are threatening this. All right. That makes sense. Um, so one last question here. Uh, I want to switch gears to kind of federal elections here, but um, we had uh, there were a lot of concerns with uh, Democratic fundraising or funding, I should say, in the first and third CDs. Are we going to see more? I know it's your your state party, but uh, are we going to see more national funding in those two races uh, this cycle? The very good news is that the DCCC has already listed the first and third congressional districts in Wisconsin as targets for flipping the seats from from red to blue. 2022 for the National Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee seemed like an incumbent defense year. And, you know, in the third, it was an open seat. In the in the first, we had a, uh, a Republican incumbent. The DCCC is on offense now. And I think they also saw the results. Brad Path came very close while being wildly outspent in that election. I uh, I was saying publicly at the time, and I will keep saying that if they if if he'd had the the air support from the National Dems, it could have made all the difference. And this you know the state party is as you kind of alluded to, uh, is legally prohibited from providing that kind of funding for for federal candidates. But I do think that the national party is going to show up in a big way, and I think Wisconsin is going to be the center of the action in the fight for the House majority, the Senate majority, and the White House. Which means uh, this is going to be, you know, a massive. Uh, a massive surge of energy on the Democratic side. 
We also see that the Republicans are putting their national convention here, their first presidential primary debate here, their bank your vote program is being piloted here. Like they're putting their chips on Wisconsin, which is one reason why it's fascinating that they think that, you know, trying to nullify the last election is a good idea given the stakes up and down the ballot. Uh, but putting that aside, um, I think that there absolutely will be a, t a ton of work. And I know that you know candidates are uh, making announcements left and right about jumping into those fights because Derek Van Orden is profoundly vulnerable and screaming at teenage pages in the in the U.S. Capitol building, um, echoing his yelling at, at the teenage library page in uh, Prairie du Chien uh, kind of illustrates why this guy might not be a good fit for a, a district that prides itself on treating people with respect. Yeah, it, uh, I think it'll be definitely interesting to watch that third CD and the first CD. Um, but that is actually all I have time for today. So uh, thank you very much for joining me on the show, uh, Chairman Wickler. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Well, Adam, we'll be tuning in to see if Republicans end up making an official decision on this possible impeachment. But in the meantime, if our readers want to learn more about this, they can head to our website at wispolitics.com. That's right, Kate. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnover. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum. 